Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Tim Shell cast, where we explore the creative and sacred process of engaging scripture with modern eyes. I am your host, Bonnie Lewis, and I am so thrilled you're here because today we have our very first In Between the Lines episode. So if you're new, welcome. So glad you're here. We are alternating weeks between an in the text episode where Jeremy and I explore part of a translation we've done for the Tim Shell translation. And then the next week we are interviewing somebody about an amazing, interesting topic that they are an expert on that will flow with the text that we just discussed. We believe that there are the lines on the page and then there are the blank spaces between the lines. Those are the things that let us make the text real and alive in our own lives. So today joining us is Tony nominated director, Kristen Hange. She has been uh, a director of TV and film and Broadway, best known for Rock of Ages, but she is a total delight. She's joining us today to talk about ideas and creativity and how the creativity and the divine communicate with us to make something new. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you haven't picked up your translation, you can at timshelltranslation.com. You can follow us on Instagram for more updates, but I would also totally love your support. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love for you to submit a review, um, however many stars, or write something of how it's meant to you on the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, I'm so excited to be here with you, Jeremy, and our special guest today, Kristen Hange. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Bonnie. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> We're Hi. so, so stoked you're here. So um, I'm going to tell a quick story about how we met because it's one of my favorite stories. So Kristen is this beautiful soul. If you don't know her, you'll find out all the links to follow her at the end. But we met at this two-day event with Rob Bell. And you were the guest speaker and you gave um, a really important narrative piece about the hero and heroine's journey. And I had not listened to your episodes when you were on Rob's podcast and I had never met you or heard of you. So I was just totally taken in with your ability to story, to write stories, to tell about them and your outlook on creativity. So I'm so happy you're here. So before I give away the lead, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Hi, friends. I'm Kristen Hange. I am a director of film and television and theater. I am mostly known for directing the Broadway hit Rock of Ages. Mm -hmm. But what you might not know about me, which you will soon come to find out, that I have a passion for creativity and especially the intersectionality of spirituality and creativity. Mm -hmm. I have a podcast called Let's Play, the Create Podcast, that I do with my best friend, Natalie Roy. And I could talk all day long 
about how ideas want to come to life through us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that people get, let's use the word pregnant with an idea that it comes to them through a vision and that that vision has an intelligence that wants to reveal itself to them. And when you like go on the path of that idea that is inside of you, it opens up and changes your life. And I've seen this in creatives, like an artist, but also with people with businesses, with relationships, with all sorts of things, I just get excited because I think that's how the divine reveals itself to us is through these visions in our heart of which way to go. And I learned this through being a director. So mm. I really learned how to listen to my intui intuition, follow my gut, follow leads from this deep listening, mm. a, uh, I want to say a receptive uh, position yeah. And I talk a lot in my process about working with the feminine and masculine energy inside of you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, just like you need both of them to make a baby, yeah. you need both yeah. of them to raise your idea. Mm -hmm. So these are the ideas that uh, I get really excited about jamming on. I love that. I know. And so when I first met you, um, you said to me, it's a unique event because you can go up there and talk about getting unstuck. So I was up at the front talking about Tim Shell. And so you said to me, you said, um, I think Tim Shell is a book, but I think it wants to be something else. And that intrigued me because I had no idea what you were talking about because I was not used to thinking of ideas like that or creative things as being a living thing with its own sort of life and entity. Um, I have since learned from you that our ideas are something we get to play with, that we get to talk to, and that go on to sort of do something in the world and in people that are beyond our control. Just like, just like using the same metaphor of having children and birthing something. So um, let's step back for a second. Tell me about um, what is it like to have an idea, if that makes sense. Like I can think of a thousand times I've been like, wouldn't it be great if? Now some of those ideas stick. Some yes. stick for five minutes and then leave. Some um, I entertain for a little and then I sort of go back to work on it. It feels like it's gone now. Others, no matter when I come back, it feels like, oh, this is still my idea. We're still working together. What is, I have, can you explain from your perspective what's happening there? Why, why is it like that? Well, imagine it like this. The universe or mm -hmm. consciousness is like throwing you bones. How about this? Mm -hmm. How about this? You can go this way, you can go this way. You can mm. go this way, you can go this way. Um, so it's almost like multiple choice rooms you could go down at yeah. any moment. And yeah. they'll all lead you somewhere great. Mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like you can go, nah, no, because we have free will. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah. hey, now that one. That one now, sounds good. What bums me out is often people don't say yes to their ideas not because of lack of enthusiasm, yeah. but mostly because they don't actually think they can manifest. Yeah. So what I know is we're not going to be given an idea if we're not also going to be given all the resources to bring that idea into manifestation or fruition. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So I'm not, right? so when I say to my husband, I said this just the other day, I said, do you think uh, it's too late for me? And he's like, for what? And I was like, to be in any Olympic sport. <laughs> and he was like, 
what do you think? <laughs> I was like, I think it is. He's like, then I agree. I agree with you. But the truth is, is that even if I was enthusiastic about that, I actually have like limitations. I have a hurt back. Yeah. I don't have like, mm-hmm. I actually know. But then there's other ideas that I have. Um, and, and so is the reason why those ones are sticking is from, from your vantage point is going, I'm not even concerned about how it's going to happen because I so believe that if you have the idea and you're working on it, it just will. Well, you know, the ones that stick, that like gnaw on you, they won't go away. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is like your soul going this, there's something so good Mm -hmm. at at the other side of this. This wants to really take your life somewhere so thrilling. This Mm. wants to explode your life. This wants to move you somewhere new. And you just get a knowing about it. It's Mm -hmm. like for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the ones I think that are, that have the most intensity or the most juice around them. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel yourself being propelled by them. There's a momentum, there's an inertia inside of them. Mm. Um, Also, I wanted to say that, is it too late for me? One of my favorite verses is I will give you back the years the locusts have have taken from you. So, Ah. and think of locusts as the negative thought forms. So I will give you back the years the negative thoughts have taken from you, right? Mm. So that's like a promise that we get from, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm going to yes, and we're like right? 30 seconds in. I know, it's true. So like that's, that's part of the message that the moment that like we commit and be like, oh, maybe universe source of love, the divine mystery wants to co-create with me. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I'm so passionate about this is that I've been a director my whole life mm-hmm. and my faith grew through making things. Yeah. Because if you start to make things and you start to make things in the multi-million dollar category, you <laughs> can only do it with faith or <laughs> yeah. with like or a, a huge need for control. You know, I think talent, though, really plays. You really tone that down. You're a Tony nominated director. OK, you're not. And that is that is faith that probably is maybe some control. But it is also sheer talent. You are very gifted and talented. Well, I'll say this. I believe we're all talented and we all have talent that moves through us. Right. Mm-hmm. That like the animating spirit within works through us. Um what I found for myself is that control and grasping and trying to make things happen the way I want them to happen didn't actually work for me. So uh-huh. early on, what I learned is I had, uh, my life worked best when I worked in co-creation with the divine. So when it was a partnership. Okay. Right? So yeah. when I could take an idea and say, show me the next step. Uh-huh. What's, the, what's the next right step to take? And what I found is, well, that's, you just get one step at a time. You get the next 200 feet in front of you. And how my faith really grew is when I started um, working with other creatives. Um, Um, So when I was like, oh, it's not just me. This is like universal law. It works for everyone. (laughs) It's that that commitment, right? And yeah, and watching it unfold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Can I I ask you, can I jump in here and say, how do you... um, how do you how do you do that? How, how does that work? How do you uh, co-create uh, with the divine? I mean, uh, other than just like inviting, like, what, is there a practice yeah. that I could that we can do to to put that into action? Absolutely. Um, so, say we have say say we have an idea, right? So there's an idea that has been calling on. I always start with someone and say, okay, what do you already know? 
What have you already seen? So whether it's a restaurant you want to create or a story you want to tell, um, can you walk around it in your head and how much of it can, can you see? And just mm -hmm. tell me about that. So tell me what you already know. And we just do a brain dump on it, right? So we mm -hmm. start with what already, what's already been given to us. And I believe it's, you've been given it. Mm -hmm. It's a vision. So we write it down and we go, awesome. So now I'm just going to show up for 15 minutes a day for this. Like mm -hmm. that easy, that simple. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to get quiet and get, get empty, get in kind of like my meditative space. And I'm going to listen. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to listen and see what's, what's the next right action to take on this. So if it's a script, I'm going to write for 15 minutes today. Right now, what will happen to me is if I'm writing something, once I've written it and it's done, now I'm going to sit and go, all right, who am I supposed to call? Mm. What am I supposed to do? But I'm staying empty and receptive. And then my job is just to take action on what I hear or what I feel. Mm. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm like, it's almost like watering a plant. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. You're, yeah. you're just showing up every day to nurture it and do what, and, and do the next right action. Now, what's interesting is once you give space to whatever your art form is or whatever your creation is, man, those negative voices are going to come right in. I was just going to ask you that. So you are my creative yeah. coach. You tell me to sit down and write. If we, if we get in a meeting and I have it written, she makes me do that in the first 15 minutes. She's like, I can tell you, you just sat there and thought about writing <laughs> instead of writing. Um, but I find I sit down to write. I spend the first 10 minutes writing and saying, this is the dumbest thing. You right. can't do this. Um, you really aren't that creative. You're a fraud. Whatever it is. So let's go back to that locuses, mm -hmm. that negative thing. Yeah. yeah. How do we stop that? How do right. we use it? Because we all have it. Do you know what I mean? Right. So our idea or our dream came here to heal us. So mm. just like um, love brings up anything unlike itself, th this idea is something that we're in love with. So mm. it's going to bring up the parts in us that want to be healed, that need to be healed. And we have to be able to see them in order to heal them. Right? Mm. Yeah. So here's where we get to be warriors, you know, as yeah. ladies might want to think of ourselves as like, you know, princess warriors, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, yeah. I can see what kind of warrior you are. <laughs> and, uh, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I suppose. Okay. 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 Yeah, we absolutely will. <laughs> so, um, when you show up for whatever it is that's in your heart, all of a sudden you're going to see why you've been avoiding it for so long. Mm -hmm. Cause you're going to hear that interior negative voice, which is just illusion, right? So if we think of the Maya of the world, we think of the, the thought of separation. So if we go into like ancient wisdom, it tells us we are not separate from anything. We are one with all that is. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes the divine and that includes uh, each other. Um, mm -hmm. And that includes all matter. So my ego is going to want to, or my inner critic is going to want to tell me that I'm separate. And so, so one of the things it might say is, who cares about what you have to write? Right? Yeah, totally. Who cares about that thing? Um, and that's just false. It's just illusion. 
Mm. Now, this is why I love to do like a writing class with people, because you'll see someone who's totally criticizing themselves and they'll share a piece of their writing. And then everyone in the class go, freaks out and they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because we actually need each other's truth. We need mm-hmm. each other's ideas. They're mm-hmm. healing, like going to one of those Rob Bell events and you see the scientists, the political leaders, all mm-hmm. these people that have solutions to make our world work. Mm-hmm. And what we need is for all of us to really see how these ideas of negativity stop us from creating these solutions for the world. Mm-hmm. So what uh, I like to talk to creatives about is now we can see them. Okay, so let's write them down. What does what my inner critic want to say? Mm-hmm. wants to tell me uh, I'm too old or I'm too young or this will never happen or who cares about your idea, or you don't have the money to pull this off, we'll just make a list of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then what I like to do with people is, uh, I I might have done this exercise with you. I draw, I I write them all on the left side of the page, and then I draw a little line down the middle of the page, and then flip it to its opposite. Uh, So, yeah. So, by taking the idea, who cares what I have to say, mm-hmm. um, we might come up with, do you want to flip that for me? Yeah. Um, I have something important to say. Yeah. Uh, what I say may change someone's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I have found. That inner critic voice doesn't go away. So I've worked with people who are writing things for the very first time. One of my clients has been nominated for an Academy Award. Like it doesn't go away, but our relationship with that voice changes, Mm -hmm. right? Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that a lot in a really nice way. How do we change our relationship to the part of us that would want to criticize us? And I think the answer is we develop more unconditional love Mm -hmm. for it. Almost like a... I see that voice as my uh, my therapist would say sometimes like little Bonnie, uh-huh. right? Like this this other part of me that that like you said is hurt or wounded, and to have empathy and care, um, I have found that that has made me want almost to write to her more uh-huh. because like you said, like you have taught me, our ideas have come to heal. So if that inner voice, that's how anybody is hurt people, hurt people. She's that voice is speaking out of pain or insecurity or whatever it is. And so um, my work um, should continually wrap her, right? Yes, in that's its, right. In, in its arms, yeah. Um, what's fascinating about this, and Jeremy, tell me if this is was your same experience too, and of course you too, Kristen. But what I was thinking is, um, I love hearing what you have to say about creativity and ideas. Because um, I just grew up, especially in the church, believing something totally opposite. So believing that if you had an idea that was, um, maybe it felt big because it was really fun, or maybe it felt big because of where it was going to go, whatever it was, um, that that was selfish. That was the sort of the like way it was always positioned to me and that to be a co-creator was that somehow God had an idea about something and I had to like tap into it and that caused a lot of stress to get God's idea right. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh my and gosh. It was like so stressful because how could you ever do that well? Um, and so 
Um, and that, I think, comes with a little bit of the denial of self that is so prevalent in evangelical Christianity, right? Of like, nothing you, <laughs> nothing you have is good. Nothing, you can't trust yourself. You can't. Um, so when we when we did talk about John 1 and we talk about the crisis made in and through everything, that really flipped it for me about this Christ essence, spirit, energy of like, oh my gosh, this idea is alive and it wants to do something in the world just as we would say um, Christ and incarnate, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's coming here to change and to heal and grow. And so your whole perspective like really flip things for me. And I know you would say this is true. Like when we first started working together, it was like pulling teeth to get me to write anything down because it was so counterintuitive to my own nature to be like, I have a good idea. Well, it's so funny how the church will teach original sin. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I believe in the core of my being is an original innocence, mm. right? So we were born innocent. We were mm. born whole. We were born worthy. Mm. There's nothing to prove. And we are trustable. And our heart is trustable. Mm-hmm. And our desires are trustable. And I believe that spirit talks to us through the turn on of our heart. Mm. So the things that actually light us up and turn us on, that spirit saying, go that direction. Yeah. Go have you know? fun. Go play. Go be free. The, what Bonnie yeah. and I have t- chatted about before is in, a lot of times in our in our tradition, you know, we we try to ch- we try to help people understand how important they are to God, how important they are to you know the incarnate version of God in, in Jesus, and then we turn around in the same sentence and say, tell them how horrible <laughs> they are, and <laughs> yeah. they need to res- get down on their knees and repent. And you know, one of the things that we're, that we are that this this John one chapter meant for us was was that in the beginning um, when God created. It was good, you know. He mm-hmm. didn't create and said, "You're this now. You're marred." You know. I mean, but we've we we we've missed we missed that. You know. It's partially mm-hmm. what I what I think you're you're ch- t- talking about right there in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's exactly that. And so, if I trust my own heart, I can also trust that the answers are here. Mm-hmm. So, I, so, so I I think what happens often, or to talk about my own experience, was in my upbringing that I was taught to, to this idea of denying the body, mm-hmm. but the body was made perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. The body is trustable. And so, but what can happen is then we get cut off from our body. So we're living up here in our mind mm-hmm. and our mind is this like computer program that only knows the past. Yeah. But, but the divine is always inspiring us to something that's never been seen before, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have a paradigm for it. It's beyond our comprehension. But there's something about getting into the body. Mm. The body has wisdom. The yeah. body has intelligence. And I think there's something going on right now in terms of like the rise of the divine feminine, right? The mm-hmm. feminine aspect. Um, and that is an embodied practice. Yeah. So what I love to do with creatives is go, ooh, okay, well, what does your body tell you? Mm-hmm. Does that idea light you up? Does it turn you on? Do you get enthusiasm about it? Does Mm -hmm. it feel exciting? Yeah. There's information there. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. Like, what does it feel like and where do you feel it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you help me uh, give some direction? And what I was hearing you say in some ways is there's like the the synchronicity that you can be in touch with um, as, as you invite these creative, you know, 
possibilities in your life. What about how, how does that process even start? Like, let's just say, you know, in, in, in my life, I've, I've worked nine to five or whatever it is, you know, and I've got the family and stuff like that. And I want to get back in touch with that, that creativity in my life. Let's just, you know, let's mm-hmm. as, as an illustration, but it just feels so distant. Um, sure. What, what, what is the process that someone like me or someone in that situation can get? Maybe they don't know that they're disconnected from that. Maybe they don't know, um, you know, that that's available to them. Um, is, is that sound like something that you were saying? And, and, and when, yes. how, how, do I, how do I get led down that path, basically? Oh, man, this is exciting. So we start with 15 minutes a day. I'm going to give myself 15 minutes a day. I'm going to tell my wife, and my kids, hey, I'm doing this practice so I can be better for everyone. (laughs) And I'm going to close the door and I'm going to go inside and, and first I'm just going to connect with my heart and I'm just going to feel my heart and I'm going to feel what my heart wants to tell me. And is there sadness there that wants to be felt? Um, When I listen to my heart, what does it want to say? And maybe I write that down or maybe I just sit and quiet and listen. And then I'm going to talk to my imagination I'm going to talk to my dreams. What, what's the most wonderful thing I could imagine for my life? Mm-hmm. What sounds exciting? I'm just going to give myself time for daydreaming, mm-hmm. for playing in my head, for visualizing, for imagining. And maybe I write that down or maybe I draw a picture of it. But what I'm also going to do is I'm not going to judge it. So I'm not going to judge what comes up in my heart. I'm not going to judge what comes up in my imagination. I'm going to give myself time to feel and to dream. Mm. And I'm going to do that for 15 minutes every day. And what I'm going to find is it's the divine communicating to me through my heart. Mm. It's the divine communicating to me through my imagination. And now I'm taking it down into my gut, right? Mm. I'm taking it down into where I feel. What do I feel in my gut is right for me? Mm. What do I feel? So not my brain. I don't want to be in my head. My, my mind only knows the past, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. my past is based on fear. It's, it's based on limitation. So I'm going to get down into my gut. What, and like, I might even put my hand on my gut and go, what feels like the way that I'm being led? Mm. And if I wasn't afraid, is there a conversation I want to have with someone? Is there something that sounds like fun to do? Is there a beautiful experience that I'd like to enjoy? And I might write that down. Um, I might draw a picture of it. I might find a way to get into communication deeper with my heart, my imagination, and my gut. Mm -hmm. And I start to realize that all of them are the way that the divine communicates to me. Now, if I practice this muscle every day for 15 minutes, I start to realize it comes up in my daily life. Yes, that's my literal favorite thing yeah. in the world. Yes. So I actually talk to Kristen Bell a lot about this is intuition is a muscle and mm-hmm. you start to develop it and you can start to talk to it. Right. So now you can start to talk to this intuition muscle and realize it's the divine talking to you through you. And you can ask it silly questions like, should I get the salmon or do I get the Caesar? Right. You can see silly, silly things like that. Or do I go on a date with him or with him? Right. You can ask all the questions and you start to realize, um, oh, there's information here. 
Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I found for myself is that I would, I'd start to get visions in my work as a director. And when I would follow my visions as, in my work as a director, the show would get better. And mm-hmm. I realized I wasn't coming up with these visions. I was being given them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that same thing happens in my actual life. So if I pay attention to them, and now that can happen with when you think about decorating a room. Yeah. It can also happen when you get a, an inspiring vision for your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the divine communicating to you. But what we want to do is we need some private time and space to learn how to develop these muscles and then to let them talk to us and then to let them start to lead us. And to recognize it when we see it. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. sounds to me that you're an advocate for prayer. <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> that's you, right. That, would you be willing to say that? Go that far? I mean, oh, yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, it, to me, that sounds like contemplative prayer. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and you're a bit of a mystic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. No. And you know what I love about that approach, like you said, too, that I have found um, that you taught me was you start to realize um uh, it's that there's a verse on it that's like um um that says all things will work out for good for those who love him and i always just shorten it in my head which is everything is rigged in your favor yes <laughs> it's just it sounds less churchy to me and less loaded but i still believe it's the same thing that it's true and hey, so <laughs> oh yes yeah that's probably where i got it from and so i am like looking around and um like one of the things too that you taught me which i think is fascinating is you said think about a story or a play and usually things that are happening in the outward uh mirrors what's happening in the inward so sometimes when i can't find the words i want to say or i'm kind of stuck i notice it's like i can almost have learned to drone shot out and notice what's going on like i'm mad at the dishes or and then I can look back inward and go, okay, what what is it that it's trying to tell me by seeing what's on outside and looking on the inside? Um, so I love that. Can you talk a little bit though, um, when and whenever you say that you're a director and you're like, I had this vision and um, so you made changes. That's that's your job to make the show better. That gives me a level of anxiety because every time I think about telling someone to change something, I have a worry they're going to be mad at me. <laughs> so oh, yeah. can you discuss the what happens when we have a vision or an idea and I know it's going to rub these people the wrong way? It's going to change my lifestyle, which is going to change theirs about that process. Two things. One is when I'm working with a team of people, I'm also trusting that what is with what is inside of them is also in me and that my job is to speak the truth in love. Mm. And if I speak the truth in love, it's going to connect the part to the part in them that where we are the same. But ideally what I'm doing when I'm working with a large group of people is I'm creating an environment where everyone can thrive. And Mm. so hopefully I'm asking intelligent questions where I am not giving them the answer. I'm causing them to find the answer within themselves. Mm. When I am doing that, that's when I'm the best leader. So it's that idea of like the leader becomes the servant. Mm -hmm. So when I am of service for them to do the very best work that they possibly can, that that's ideally what I try to do. In fact, Mm. you know, some of my favorite directors say, you know, a a true director's hand is invisible. So, Mm also as i believe our dreams cause us to heal one of the things that you know my dream has caused me to have to heal is the people pleaser in me mm-hmm. so you know am i serving god or am i serving man now mm-hmm. 
we can replace the word God if God doesn't work for, for someone and say, am I, am I serving truth, mm-hmm. right? So it becomes less important for someone to quote unquote like me, but for me to speak the truth and love to them. Mm-hmm. If I'm not being honest, then I'm not being loving. Yeah. Um, and I'm not serving the whole. And then my job is to serve the whole. And I only know this, you guys, because I am a people pleaser who's been in so much recovery to learn how to be authentic to the truth. Yeah, totally. No, that makes sense. Can I ask you to take that in a, in a, in a parallel dire- direction, I think, or, or, or a different one possibly? Um, but in speaking the truth uh, in, and with your art, sometimes my blocks come from what I'm saying and how that's going to affect the people that I love that don't agree with me or, you know, or that, 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 or, and, and I, and I heard you recently say on your podcast or, um, that the artists are able to say, you guys were mentioning that the artists, artists are able to say the truth, you know, like the jester or the, you know, that not everybody else can. Um, so how do you approach that? I mean, how do you, the people pleaser in me as well, uh, will be, will, will stop creating art sometimes because I know it's going to be possibly offensive to this, this side or to this side or to, to this person or to that person. How, how do you handle that? How have you handled that in your, in your life? Well, what comes to me when you say that is the job of art is to, co- is to cause people to wake up. So if we even think of like when Jesus was on the planet, people didn't like what he said all the time, right? Yeah. He made a lot of people upset. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot. <laughs> if we are here to speak the truth, yeah, mm-hmm. um, people might get upset about it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that probably means it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to project against us, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Now, how do we create the environment where there's enough love for ourselves and enough love for the other that if someone wants to aim negativity in our direction, we can meet that with love. Mm-hmm. We can be clear and that we can have our boundaries, but also that we're meeting even the reaction to it with love. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of self-compassion mm-hmm. to say, I'm more interested in being authentic to the spirit within me than I am in keeping myself small. And I think a lot of people, you know, it's safer to be small. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's also, it's like <laughs> our spirits start to go, I got more for you. Yes. I want you to grow. <laughs> yeah, I want you to be, take up space. You're killing yourself in bits every day if you, when you hold, when you hold. Mm-hmm. What about for, for me, if I think, well, my hesitations oftentimes are, well, I could be wrong. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? Or I, this is, as we say with the Tim Shell, a lot of times, hey, everyone's got their interpretation of the situation. Mm-hmm. So my hesitation sometimes in putting myself out there is, well, what if I'm wrong? You know, uh, we've talked about the Enneagram, Bonnie and I, and I'm yeah. this nine. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I'm the one who's at, who's, I'm who's, a nine too. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, there, there you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> but we see the truth in almost all, on all, in all arguments, right? You know, so sometimes I hold myself back because um, there's too much. I, I agree with everybody. So what, what, what's your advice for, for the other nines out there? <laughs> it's okay to be corrected. 
it's okay to say something out loud and have someone disagree with you and say, oh, will you tell me more about your point of view? I would yeah. love to see things through your eyes. Oh, that's really good. You know what? I hadn't considered that before. And now you've just brought in my perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think to hold ourselves back um, is like, you know, it's that thing where we never get to grow. So I feel like the calling is, you know, is, is just to, is to say it out loud, to be visible, to be willing to be generative of ideas and of stories mm -hmm. and of thought. And, you know, if you look back to the great think thinkers of, of, <laughs> of the world, there were a lot of things they were wrong about, mm -hmm. but there were a lot of things they said that changed the planet. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of artists out there who made great art, but some of their beliefs, man, were like, mm, no good. Yeah. Um, I think that if you are a seeker of truth, you're going to keep saying the truth out loud and you want people to join in on the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. A friend of mine used to say, it's like, we're all in the dark and we all have flashlights. And if we turn our flashlight on, it only illuminates our bit of truth that we can see, but we need everybody to turn on their flashlight so we can see the whole thing. Mm, that's cool. That's a good picture. You're right. And But the truth is, is sometimes it takes you having enough courage to turn on yours because you've seen someone turn on theirs. What we want to do is like, have an idea and then we want to do the idea be, bring it to completion and then sort of at least this is a feeling I have sort of control everybody's reactions and what they're going to think about it and what they're going to do with it and what they're going to say about it and then I realized someone said to me I worked in the NICU uh, unit and my job I was the nurse that caught the baby and that it was my job to take the baby into the unit and help the baby, they're all high risk babies, whatever it is that needed to be done. And she's like, so when I think of God as midwife, if we have ideas and we're doing the work and then the divine is the one that catches the idea. And then beyond that, he actually in this scenario, she, <laughs> she, she takes it and she does whatever she wants with it. And we can't right. worry about it. It's not ours to do. It's not ours to control. And when she said that, when she gave like a real life example, like I'm the one teaching the class, she said it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should you should finish this part. Has <laughs> it opened up something inside me, this new picture of what it meant to co-create? Yeah, we just birthed it. And then whatever happens to it after that is not our, it's not us, right? Yeah. Yeah. You let it go into the world and then it's going to do whatever it wants to do. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. our job is just to love it and to honor it and to usher it in. Yeah. Jeremy, I'm so interested. What makes you come alive the most? Whoa, this is not <laughs> an interview <laughs> of me. This is you, the, my how the turntables. <laughs> um, you know, I... It, I, let me, let me, let me touch my gut right now with what you're saying, you know, and in some ways, you know, I, I, I'm a father and I just became one. Um, and so that, that makes me come alive and, and trying to learn what that means. Um, and my creativity side was whenever people always have said this, it's, it was always, it's always writing. It's always been writing for me. And it's always been this thing where I couldn't, 
stop doing it. Um, and that it, it, when, whenever people talk about the flow, you know, what you're supposed to do with your life, I've listened to so many things on that or read different, so many books on it. When, when are you, when do you lose sense of time? You know, it's when I'm, I'm pounding out a, a, a 30 page essay or something of that nature. Um, but it, that said, you know, I've experienced a lot of grief in not having dreams fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It, it, to be vulnerable with you, you know, in some, yes. some ways. Um, have, and so that was kind of partially some of where my questioning was going to go from this too. It's like, what do you do when you spent 15, 20 years of your life dreaming <laughs> for yeah. a creative endeavor, you know, or, or, a, or a passion that you believe was, was um, divine, divinely implanted, if we can see, you know, um, and then you, it dies, you, you know, to be like, once again, to, that's to be vulnerable with you on that, that like, like that I have my passion, my dream is writing, but I, in some, so for, in some points in my life, I felt there's been, there's, I've experienced a well, time to move on, but I don't mm. want that anymore. Still like there's, there's this part of me that says, no, no, that's not true. And, and listening to you Emma, and, uh, I, I need to, I need, you know, Hey, give me guidance. What would you say to somebody who's in that place in their life? You know? Thank you so much. What we're talking about is healing a creative wound. And it it sounds like it's a really big wound. Like I feel myself wanting to put like my hand on, like literally on your gut where I can feel it, you know? Um, And I also want to invite you, uh, there's something I'm doing next month that's about like small groups that healing creative wounds that I'd love to, to invite you to. But it's the same thing I would say if I was talking to, for example, I just was thinking of a conversation I had talking with a woman who had a really um, dysfunctional and destructive marriage um, and wanting or and creating the environment where she can heal her heart so that she can uh, trust that love is possible for her. Mm. And in the same way, can we go into some of these creative wounds and say, it's the same thing, there's been a wounding here, right? but you wouldn't have the gift if it wasn't meant for you. In fact, the time um, that has been spent actually, I bet has made you stronger, has made you more resilient, has made the the passion burn in your heart. And I bet you have so much to say. And so if we can ground ourselves that it is spirit who is communicating through you, that it is this inspired word, this the ideas, right? They, they are entities that want form. So just like you are a father, a new, a new father, mm-hmm. you're also the father of ideas that want to come through you, mm-hmm. right? And I bet these same skills that you're learning how to be a father, is it, do you have a, a boy or a girl? I have a boy. <laughs> so the same skills that you're learning to be a father to this boy will be a great asset to you as you bring those skills into be, being a father of the, this idea. I bet you already have the idea that wants to come through you. I bet you already know what it is. <laughs> I have some, but I think my, my, <laughs> I think my, my question too, it to, to move beyond huh? even in yeah. some ways is well, yeah. what's the point? You know, I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, not, 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 not in a cynical way, you know what I mean? But my originally, when you were saying this stuff, you're like the, the, the divine wants to, 
move you in this direction that wants you to to grow and to expand i didn't hear you say make a million bucks i don't know if that's the point or not but what <laughs> what, what why why do it you know what i mean this especially if my dream has died <laughs> or or mm. re reinv- reinvigorating that would bring more grief you know what's what's the point you know, and i every i believe every idea comes with a different thing it came to do on the planet mm-hmm. right so some ideas do come to make a million dollars. That is true. That's like baked into it, right? Yeah. Some ideas come to keep, to save one person's life, right? So the idea itself knows what it came to do. Mm. The idea has a very strong purpose. Now, just like when we have a child, we might have a child that becomes a scientist and we might have a child who decides they want to be a clown right? We're not going to love the two children any differently. They just have different purposes, different functions on the planet. So my process always is, can I not judge what my ideas came here to do? My job is to be a good mama, right? My job is to deliver it into the world. And what happens for the reason I say why is because of what the divine grows me into in my birthing process. So what I'm interested in is like, it's almost like, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert says that there are these jewels inside of us that lie dormant waiting for us to discover them. I love who I get to discover is in me. Like Mm. I'm constantly getting to meet these new parts of Kristen. Oh, that's in there. I didn't know that was in there. Oh, you think that? Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) So it's like, I'm getting to meet new parts of myself as I go through this birthing process and in the process, I just might change the course of the world. And I say that even if it's small, right? Mm -hmm. So even, so, so, so sometimes we're going to make tiny changes. I remember a play that, this is a really funny story. I directed this play and I remember sitting in it and I heard someone in front of me say, oh, the director should have to sit through this show. And I laughed so hard and it got some, it got some medium reviews. It got some bad reviews. Um, and a couple years later I was at a restaurant and, um, uh, the owner of the restaurant came up to me and was like, hey, I saw that play that you directed. And I was like, yeah. And he said, I want you to know that play made me less mad at God. I had mm-hmm. lost my partner and I was really, really angry at God. And I hadn't talked to my mom in about five years. And after that play, I went home and I called her. Mm. And I was just like, oh, oh, well, you just never know. Yeah. So even the things that I judge very harshly, <laughs> or others may, you know, yeah. there's something yeah, they have to do. I think in my mm-hmm. my my question also had birthed in it, but you, or within it, what you kind of already answered, like what expectations should I have going in into the beginning of this process? And it sounds like those expectations should be that I love this process. <laughs> is that is yes. that sound about accurate? Or <laughs> and and would you also say to be expected to be healed in some way that it's going to do something to you? Right. The Bhagavad Gita says that we are entitled to our labor, but not the fruits of our labor. So actually, while we're doing it is for the joy of the process. Mm. So, so, so I like to think of our talent or our gifts came here to entertain us. Mm-hmm. They came to move us. 
if I'm not having a good time with it now, that's because I put some weird, funky thing on my own relationship with my own creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when I forget that the person that I'm in love with is here for the process of loving, right? Because mm-hmm. it feels good to love, mm-hmm. right? Just so like the process of creating, it feels good to create. And often we have to go inside of it and go, um, oh, am I putting expectations on myself right now to perform? Am I putting expectations on myself to be good? You know, am I mm-hmm. putting expectations on myself to get it right? And how, now, and how do I now free myself from those things mm-hmm. and just allow myself to be myself? Mm-hmm. And to be messy, like, and yeah. to be imperfect. And all of that increases my self-love. Mm. That's so good. I had someone say to me, a friend say, he said, think about, uh, think about Jesus as a kid. Do you think his mom put on him all, like, you're the Messiah, you're going to do this, you're going to save the world, you're going to do this, you're going to do this? And if so, what, how would that have changed things? Or did she let him be him and figure it out on his own and grow into it? And I, like, had never thought of it that way. And he said, he said, so when we put a bunch of things on our idea, we kind of ruin it. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's already it's trusting like how uh, they uh, Michelangelo said David was already inside the marble and he just had to cut off everything that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. Like it already knows what it, our idea already knows what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. It already has a plan. It's like can I actually get my ego out of the way? Can I get my mind out of the way? Can I get my you know self out of the way mm-hmm. so that it can express itself? Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. That's so, the charisma of an. Oh, sorry, Bonnie, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that's the charisma of an idea. You know, the 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 wild chaos of it of 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 the divine. And I was as you guys are speaking, I'm also an editor. I was the editor of, of the book, um, and yeah. I'm also like, but I have to have some expectations here. You know what I mean? I want <laughs> yeah. those commas got to be correct. I, I do. I do give a fuck about an Oxford comma. You know what I mean? Oh, I love an Oxford comma so it, much. It makes a difference and I care about them and I want them there. Um, but anyway, so, but there's, but I believe that spirits involved in that process as well. Yes. Is that for, yeah. I mean, obviously you're a Tony Award nominated, you know, director on broad, you know, I, I mean, what's, what about that aspect of the, the, the creative um, bringing it to a new fruition that's a little bit different than birthing it? Yeah. I see that a little bit like the feminine masculine energy. I was just going to say that. Mm, okay, oh, cool. Interesting. Here's the dude at bringing that up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's being inside the feminine and, and the masculine, right? Mm. So I'll even say like on first draft, like we do the shitty first draft where we just like play and throw paint at the page and just vomit yeah. it up and we're messy and we're messy. And we're just trying to get our soul on the page and we allow ourselves to do that. Maybe we get through a whole first draft that way. And then we go into the masculine, or you could say into the editor, right? Mm-hmm. We go into that part of our, our, that aspect of ourselves. And now we're pruning, we're pruning the garden. We're mm-hmm. cutting away what we don't need. Where is there extra, right? Where do, and, and I often feel like that is something I hear as well. Oh, I don't need that section. Oh, let me yeah. put my commas and my periods in place. Oh, I've used that. I've overused that word. There's another word that wants to be here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but left and right um, brain, um, I find that there's a time for that, Mm -hmm. right? So if we can think of um, 
growing our garden, there's a time when, th when things need to grow and there's a time when we need to prune and we mm -hmm. let everything have its season. Would you suggest that well, I guess it depends. Um, I remember when we started working together, you said, I sense that you have a very strong masculine energy. You get things done. And I was like, yes, I pride myself in that. And you get, literally gave me the assignment. You're like, I want you to do something totally frivolous, like something fun, something you have to invite this playful spirit in. So I guess for me, I really needed to hone in on that feminine energy more. Probably people come with maybe only feminine and they need to hone in on the masculine. Does it depend per person? Or do you oh, feel yeah. like, okay. Yeah. yeah, some people are really strong in their feminine. And what that means is like the person who's always dreaming up, dreaming up, dreaming up, but never getting into execution. Yeah, They're yeah, like yeah. really good at feeling things of having a wild imagination, but the actual sitting down and committing can be challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and then I know people that like, pound out scripts, they're sitting down, they're writing their scripts, they're da 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 da. But there's like the heart and the soul is not mm. there. It's not coming from a deeply inspired place. So we want to create a healthier relationship between our feminine and the masculine where they're working together. Mm, yeah, I love that. Gosh, what an invitation, right? To continually be growing and creating and playing. Um, gosh, Kristen, thank you so much for coming. This has been, I've like, I've known you and I've worked with you and we work together, but I, every time I talk to you, I learn all these new things. I cover more jewels about you and me. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. Um, so where can people find you? Um, your podcast, can you say that yes. again? And then also website or how they could take a class with you. Sure, I'll tell you. Okay, so if you go to Instagram, I'm Hangy Love, which is my last name, H-A-N-G-G-I. L-O-V-E. I'll put and, it in the show notes too. So right. being there. So there's a link in my bio that'll take you to all my good stuff, including my website and my podcast. My podcast is called Let's Play the Create Podcast, wherever you find, find podcasts. Um, I have a couple different classes. I have a small ongoing writers group, which is where you can, you know, I, I do uh, boxer coaching with it. You can come and I read your pages. We read them out loud. It's like hands-on in the trenches. I'm mm -hmm. also doing, because of the pandemic and a lot of people are home and I just want the ideas to be of service in the world, I'm starting a, it's like a lecture-based class. It's pay whatever you want. And mm -hmm. it's July 30th um, for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And if you just want these ideas of how to put your, um, stories into the world i am happy to give you what i got um i have two other offers for your fun listeners um if they go over to um the create website of what i do with natalie it's uh thecreateseries.com we have uh, a book it's a pdf on the creative process and it talks about the chakras the chakra oh, system cool. like when we were talking mm -hmm. about the gut that's like the third chakra um, and it talks about the feminine and the masculine aspects of creativity and how to get them to work together. Oh, so nice. we're giving, oh, yeah, we're giving away, giving away our book um, oh, with this code. And look at yes, you. right. So um, if you want the book, it's uh, you go, you put the book in your cart, and then at checkout, you just put in the code Create Your Life, all caps. Okay. Um, and if you want to get the book, and we did this whole chakra course of like, the, it, basically there's a whole path of manifesting your dreams by going through the chakras. Um, you can get the book and the course for $150 and that's Create Your Joy. Oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna go and get that, that book for sure. And then I always end up buying the course because I have to say for anyone listening, 
you have gotten me out of my head and into my body and into my gut and onto the page so many times and you're a gem to work with. And when you say like this trust that what's in me is also in you, that is so true when working with you. So anybody interested, head over there because she's amazing, amazing. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for letting me be here. And uh, also if you're listening and you have something to write, I'd love to have you in one of my classes. Man, my passion is just getting those ideas out in the world. Um, so thank you for uh, letting me come and talk to your audience. And thank you, Bonnie and Jeremy, for your vulnerability and your authenticity. <laughs> oh, you, you're Christina. awesome. Thank you so much.